Welcome to the podcast. I'm Bruce Mole from Commonwealth Magazine, and I'm joined by Congressman Seth Moulton, a member of the House Transportation and Infrastructure Committee. Moulton calls the MBTA an epic mess, but unlike most Pauls who simply complain about the T, he actually has a vision for how to fix it. Congressman, can you briefly summarize what that vision is? Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you very much for having me on. It's great to be here with you. And thanks to everybody for listening. The first thing we all know needs to be done is we just have to get the T back into working order. The reality is that the T is slower today than it was decades ago. The first subway in the nation is now the worst subway in the nation, and we need to fix that. That's the new general manager, Philip Eng's first job. But looking towards the future, what we truly need is a world-class regional transit system that can get people around the state faster than driving. That's the only way to get people out of their cars onto nicer trains. People don't want to have to take trains just because it's the, the best of terrible options. We need people to want to take the train because it's faster to get them where they need to go. The first step to building a truly world-class regional rail system is completing the North-South Rail Link so that you're not stuck on one side of the state if you happen to live north of the city or south of the city. The second thing we have to do is build east-west rail to high-speed standards. Imagine getting from Springfield to downtown Boston in 45 minutes. That's not a pipe dream. That's standard high-speed rail all across the globe. We just don't have it in America. If you could get to Western Massachusetts in under an hour, it would solve the housing crisis for Eastern Massachusetts, giving massive opportunities for housing access in other parts of the state. And it would also dramatically help the economic uh, opportunities of people living west of Worcester. After that, we need to make sure uh, that looking towards to looking towards the future, we have a customer service system, a travel system, a regional rail system that really invites people to want to be on the transit system. You should be able to get on a train in Massachusetts the same way you can get on a train in Switzerland and think, this is nicer than driving. It's going to get me faster to where I need to go, and I'd prefer to take the train over my car. That's the quick summary. So it sounds it so it sounds totally wonderful, and I couldn't agree with you more. Um, but as someone who writes a lot about transportation, many of these issues, uh, I don't know if if you have a sense of optimism about you, but uh, this north-south rail link has been discussed quite a bit and sort of discarded from the public conversation of late, uh, hasn't even, isn't even coming up among policymakers. And, and the cost of all this would be enormous. How do you deal with that sort of cynicism, I guess my cynicism that, it, oh my God, could we, can, we can't even get the T to run on time. How do we do all this stuff? Well, the reason we don't have a vision is because we haven't had leadership at the T. It's people at the MBTA themselves who have been telling us we can't build the north-south rail link. These are the same people who can't even run their decades-old transit system on time. So nobody should be listening to the old leaders at the T. 
we need to listen to people who have a vision for the future and know what travel on rail is like all across the globe, not just in Massachusetts. I commissioned the Harvard Kennedy School to do a cost study of the North-South Rail Link a few years ago. They found that the T had vastly inf inflated their cost estimates, probably to kill the project. That's the true lack of vision that's endemic at the T. We've also talked about East-West Rail. You know, the distance from Boston to Springfield is about the same distance as the new high-speed rail line in Morocco. Now, Morocco built this line all on their own, and they have 5% the GDP of Massachusetts. So I'm a federal lawmaker. I want to get as many federal dollars as I can to help build rail in Massachusetts. But even if the state undertook this project entirely on its own, only using the Commonwealth's resources, it would make sense because the return on that investment is so much greater than the cost. So just to help people who may not follow this that closely, uh, the North-South rail link would connect North Station and South Station. So commuter rail trains from the South could run straight, straight on through to serve the Northern part of the commuter rail system. Um, do I have that about right or do you want to add yes. anything? That. No, that's that's absolutely right. But some people hear that and they think it's like a little shuttle between North Station and South Station. And, and you said it right. What it really is, is just a through track. So all the trains coming into North Station today would just go straight through the rail link to South Station and out to the other side of the state. That means that someone living in Salem like me could easily commute to Plymouth for a job. That could be easily a two-hour commute by car during rush hour today. You could get there in 45 minutes with the North-South Rail Link. Likewise, you could get from Salem to somewhere like Worcester, and all these trains interconnect. So you could take a train uh, from, say, Framingham into Boston, stand on that very same platform for a train going to Maine or a train going to New York. It would vastly improve connectivity throughout the entire region. And importantly, it would make it faster than driving to get around the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. So um, I take the commuter rail, uh, you know, a decent amount. And I've noticed, um, so during COVID, no one was riding it. And you could be the only person on the train quite often. Um, I, I wrote it the other day and it was so crowded. I haven't seen it like that since well before the pandemic. And I think it was even more crowded than it was then. And that's under the current system. Um, what you're sort of envisioning uh, with regional, what's called regional rail is not trains that run every hour on the hour, which it's considered a major, major innovation right now, but far more frequently than that, right? That's right. Uh, I think that it, trains would immediately go to every half hour. More people would ride the system. That would increase demand. You'd have to put more trains on to meet that demand. But then because it's more convenient, because trains arrive more frequently, more people would ride it yet. I think you could quickly get to a point where you have trains every 10 minutes. So you don't even need to worry about checking the timetable before you show up to a station. It's more like taking the rapid transit lines today. You just show up, get on the next train, and get to wherever you want to go. But unfortunately, the rapid transit lines, as you know, are not that rapid these days. Um, 
through an odd set of circumstances, they've all been slowed down to an incredible degree. And that's part of the problem you, you, you talked about at the beginning. But this vision of yours, is it something over a decade, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, or, and what do you sort of envision the costs of all this would be? Look, we talk a lot about our competition with China. China would do this in five years. China built the largest high-speed rail system in the entire world from scratch in about a decade. So when we think about this vision, we really have to look internationally, not at the record of the T. The T is an epic mess. I'll say it again. It's not the standard by which we should judge anything. When you get on that commuter train, you're getting on a train right out of the 1950s, a train that actually goes slower. Listen to this, Bruce. It goes slower than the commuter rail trains out of Boston in the 1920s because today's diesel engines actually have slower acceleration than the steam engines of yesteryear. That's how far behind we are. But go to Europe, ride a commuter train there. Go to Japan, ride a commuter train there. Understand that the rest of the world is doing this. We don't need to invent any of this. We just need to follow the rest of the world's lead. So just a slight de detour here, because I'd like to hear what your thoughts are. Um, you mentioned Chinese rail, and that's who the T contracted with, um, a, a Chinese rail manufacturer, uh, railroad car manufacturer for its new red and orange line cars, which are now falling further and further behind their delivery dates with all sorts of problems with them. Um, so is that a tea problem or is that a Chinese manufacturer problem? Well, I think in this case, it's probably both. I think the contract was set up terribly. But look, the tea can't manage anything. They can't manage their own workforce. They can't manage to run trains on time. It's, there shouldn't be any surprise that they can't manage the contract to build these rail cars in Massachusetts. So they, the tea just announced... Uh, this week that they have completed the purchase of, uh, you know, a number of acres at Wadette Circle, just south of South Station. And they bill it as a major breakthrough in trying to improve commuter rail service. What's your take on that purchase? <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing because this is a prime example of how pathetically out of touch the T is with a view, vision for the future. They wanna take this prime Boston real estate and turn it into a rail yard, a rail yard to serve the stub end terminal at South Station. If instead you use that as the tunnel entrance for the North-South rail link, not only would you not have to build a rail yard there because the trains just go through the city and they don't have to stop and wait for the next train to turn around and come back, not only would you eliminate the need for that rail yard, but you'd take all the tailings, all the, the dirt and rock that comes out of building the tunnel, use it to raise the level of Wadette Circle so it's climate resilient, which it's not today. The T's about to build a rail yard on Wadette Circle that's going to be underwater because of climate change. But under my vision, you use it as the exit for the tunnel, you raise Wadette Circle, that real estate alone would pay for half the cost of building the rail link. You could almost make the other half up by not having to expand South Station. Just think about this. When you take a train into South Station, everybody gets off the train 
Then they have to change the direction of the train, bring the engineer to the other end, get all the signaling straight, and then back the train out of South Station to go sit in a rail yard to wait until it's needed next. That whole operation takes a minimum of about 10 minutes. And that track is used that entire time. That's why there's no more capacity at South Station. If instead that train simply ran through the city, you'd unload everybody in about 45 seconds and the train would leave. And so you can quadruple, quintuple, sextuple the usage of each single track in a station by having trains run through instead of unload everybody and turn around. It eliminates the need for the rail yard at Widette Circle. It eliminates the need to expand South Station because it's already at capacity. And in the process, of course, it gives everybody a much better travel experience because if they want to get out at South Station, they can, but they can also continue through the city. So I'm curious, um, the the T is going to open a, uh, it seems to be coming rare and rare, but a new expansion of the, of the rail system, uh, I think later this year, down to Fall River and New Bedford. How do you think, now that's going to be a 90-minute trip. Um, I, I am skeptical um, about whether this is going to be a success with riders or not. What's your take? I'm skeptical as well. Because I don't think people want to get on a train to go slower than they would if they were driving. And 90 minutes is a long time. I mean, anywhere else in the world with high-speed rail, you'd get there in 20 minutes, maybe 25 with all the stops. Think about this. Think about going to the Cape in the summer. We're putting a lot of effort in Massachusetts into rebuilding the bridges over the Cape Cod Canal. I assume we'll make them wider, which means we'll put even more cars into the small towns and villages of Cape Cod, increasing traffic congestion there in the summer. But imagine instead if we built a high-speed rail line from the center of Boston to Hyannis. You get there in 20 minutes. Doesn't matter if it's in the middle of the week or Friday night or Sunday afternoon, you get there in 20 minutes. Get off, get on the boat, go to other places on the Cape, I mean, sure, it wouldn't serve everybody. Some people are still going to want to drive because it's a place that's not served by the train. But imagine how many people would take that 20-minute train, how many cars that would take off the highway and out of the congested small towns of the Cape. That's a vision for the future. And again, it's not crazy. It's what the rest of the world is doing. And you know, Bruce, there's not some vast rail conspiracy in the rest of the world. It just makes economic sense. We just need to get our heads out of the sand in Massachusetts. Stop listening to these people at the T who are literally running our rail system into the ground and, and have a vision for the future that's aligned with the rest of the world. Tell me, have you been uh, trying to convince the Healy administration of your vision? Have, and have you had any success talking to them about this? I've spoken to the governor and I've spoken to the lieutenant governor about this vision. They have been... Uh, interested and receptive, but at the end of the day, leaders need to make this happen. And one of the lessons that I learned early on as a member of Congress is that even sitting on the House Transportation Committee in Washington, D.C., I can help support the initiatives in Massachusetts. I can help get federal funding. I can help the federal agencies get out of the way, make sure people are doing the job. I can present a vision like I'm doing today. But at the end of the day, the governor of a state has to get behind it. The governor of the state has to request 
these funds from the federal authorities. So we do need some leadership from the governor of Massachusetts, and I'm hoping the new governor will provide it. But no commitments, I take it, in your conversation so far. No commitments yet. Okay. Um, and I, I just want to ask a little, this is a very interesting conversation, and I think people will be fascinated to hear about it. Um, but why is it that you, you seem to, you, you've had an interest in transportation, among a number of interests, but you've had a strong interest in transportation for a number of years and and talk about and get interested in local transportation issues. I, I sort of feel like everybody else goes down to Washington when they get elected to Congress and sort of lose interest in what's going on locally here in Massachusetts. Now, that's an, a gross overstatement, but why is that? Two reasons. First of all, I love Massachusetts. I really love where I'm from. I'm, you know, I get to go all over the world in this job, especially as a member of the, the House Armed Services Committee. I love coming home to my family in Massachusetts. This is a very special place to live, but it's not as special as it could be. It's not as special as it would be if we had a good transit system, if we didn't have as much traffic, if we had more vibrant downtowns where people wanted to live because they could get easily in and out of them to other parts of the, commu of the community in the Commonwealth. And this leads me to my second reason, which is that transportation underlies development. The kind of transportation systems that we build to get around directly influence the kind of communities that we build to live in. So in other words, if you build a lot of highways, then people live in sprawly suburban communities where they drive everywhere they need to go. They park in massive parking lots at huge shopping centers. It caters to big box businesses, national conglomerates, not small towns, not local businesses, not walkable communities. But look at all the places around commuter rail system stations, even today in Massachusetts, and we don't have a great commuter rail system. But if you go to these commuter rail stations, you see little microcosms of these small town communities where people walk where they need to go, local businesses thrive, and people are happier. People are happier because people want to live in that kind of small town America that we've lost because of our only overwhelming dependence on cars. So those are the two reasons. I mean, I love Massachusetts. I want to be invested in making this an even better com com community and commonwealth than it already is. And I believe that transportation is one of the fundamental factors to getting there. And you know what's What's really sad about this whole discussion is um, I think people are really dying to get out of their cars um, because if you drive around, the, around, particularly around the Boston area, it's a nightmare and it seems to be increasingly a nightmare. And so it's sort of unbelievable to me that at a, at a time when traffic we just have terrible traffic problems uh, that we can't sort of, you know, I think people would be eager to get out of their car if they had a good option. I think that's absolutely right. And especially true for young people. Uh, I mean, look, driving can be fun, but I don't want to be sitting in traffic if I could be whisked along on a train and doing other things while I'm riding, maybe even just sleeping for that matter. Bruce, where do you live? Well, that's a complicated. I live sometimes <laughs> in Dorchester, but mostly in Needham right now. Okay, Needham. Let's take Needham as an example. Now, have you been to Portland, Maine recently for dinner? I have not. 
Portland has an incredible food scene. Uh, it's, it's some really amazing uh, new startup restaurants that's been written about all over the country. But it's not surprising to me that living in Needham, you've never been to Portland, Maine. It would probably take you three hours to drive there. Now, imagine if you could get on a train in Needham that would have you in downtown Boston in about 20 minutes. And then you just either stay on that same train or you wait on the platform for five or 10 minutes for a train going through from New York to Portland. And it gets you there in an hour. So in an hour and 20 minutes, you could be in Portland for one of the best food season, best restaurant scenes in the nation, have dinner and come back when you're done. That's the kind of opportunity that we don't have in Massachusetts today because we're so dependent on, on driving, highways are so slow and congested, and we're missing out on the transportation opportunities that the rest of the world has. You know what? If you live in Medium and you want to drive three hours through traffic to Portland, Maine, you're welcome to do that. No one's saying you can't. But with the vision I'm talking about, you could be there on an hour and 20 minutes on a train, have dinner, and come back in time to go to bed. One last question. You said you can help get federal money for some of this. Um, is there a lot of federal money available for this? And is that something realistic to count on? There's more federal money available today because of the bipartisan infrastructure deal than there has been in a generation. So it's really important that Massachusetts get on board with this vision now and not put it off for the future. The North-South Rail Link has been an idea that makes so much sense. It was originally postponed due to, do you know this, Bruce? Do you know why the North-South Rail Link was originally postponed? They were going to start construction, and then something came up, and they had to postpone it. It was World War One. <laughs> I'm glad so I didn't. We've been waiting on this for a long time, but it makes even more sense today than it did back then because traffic congestion is so much worse. It's time for some leadership in Massachusetts, and now is absolutely the time to have it. Representative Seth Moulton, thanks very much for joining us today. That was a really interesting, really interesting conversation. Well, let's continue the, the discussion. I look forward to talking about it more. Absolutely. And to our listeners, we'll see you again next week. Thank you.